You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. This is the this is the last in-person Sunday. I'm gonna say this, uh, and we could brush past this really quickly, but I don't want to. I want us to really recognize the words that I'm about to say. This is the last in-person Sunday of 2020. That, this has been a year. I mean, this has been a year that has not stopped hitting. It has been a non-stop. Uh, it, is, it has really been non-stop. And it's funny to me because 2020 was anticipated very anticipated. And there was a lot of excitement around 2020. A lot of excitement around 2020 just because of what it was. It was the start of a decade and it's exciting. And um, we're, we're thinking, oh, this is going to be the year all these great things open up and happen. And we began to put expectation on what those things should look like and what they should be. And that has left a lot of us disappointed at every turn. Because not a one thing has looked like the way we hoped 2020 would look like. Not a single thing. There's not a single thing that 2020 has looked like um, that I had originally thought, oh man, this would be great if it was this. Um, but such is the nature of God, and it, that is the danger that we can find ourselves in a very dangerous place when the children of God begin to put expectations on what God should do based on what we think would be best and what it should look like. We knew God gave us, it's really funny, uh, he's had this conversation with me several times when I listen and reflect on all the things he said leading up to 2020 and then I find myself shocked by, what, by him doing what he said he was going to do in 2020. He said he was going to remove the gray. I thought, man, that's going to be sweet. That's going to be painless and easy. It has not been. It is very difficult. Because the gray has looked like comfort. It's looked like routine. It's looked like faith in people and not in God himself. So it has been incredibly challenging, but this year has also been an incredible blessing because I can tell you some of my fondest memories of this year were two weeks where I was stuck at home with my family and I could see no one else but my family. There was a routine that we would have. We'd wake up together, we'd eat breakfast, and me and the boys were outside before 8.30 and we were playing and we were throwing, throwing rope at a at a rope and dummy and we were playing tag and, and I spent an entire day with my family uninterrupted with my family. Now, I don't know if I'll ever get time like that again. For two weeks of uninterrupted time with my boys and my wife. So this year has looked different but there's been blessing in it. And this being our last Sunday together, one, that's a blessing that we've even gotten to come back together because there was a while where it really looked kind of hopeless that we would meet together again. Um, 
you know, but the Lord has, he, that was another thing. He said he was going to remove the gray and the gray is comfort. A lot of the gray is comfort. So he had to remove the routine of a Sunday morning. Randy told us that in one of his last sermons that, that he was, he, he's talking about this valve that we have to keep open because the Lord is in the process of removing this idol of the routine of a Sunday morning that we had worshiped as a society, as a Christian culture, we had worshiped. And the Lord even did this. He did this for me. I can speak of this, and I know I can speak uh, to this in many of you. He removed the comfort of Randy. My week had comfort knowing that I was going to sit in one of these chairs and listen to that man teach me. And then it was gone. It was gone. I had comfort knowing that before I would take this pulpit, I would have individual time and equipping time with Randy. Uninterrupted where he could finish this teaching process to get me ready and prepared. Randy would do it, not God would do it. Randy's going to do it. Randy's going to do it. And boom, the Lord took it away. The last Sundays, the last months, Randy and I together were spent where he was speaking in a chair right here and I was watching him back there. Those were our last interactions with him as my pastor before I would take that place of his. But the Lord had to remove that comfort. And Randy, being the man that he's been for 12 years, 13 years, was obedient all the way through. He had to remove the comfort of what, and I know I'm speaking personally, but what I believed this transition would look like. I had, I had pictured it in my head that my first Sunday, I can't wait to address you my first Sunday up here with all of you in here. That didn't happen. Got to preach to an empty room. Randy's, in all those years, had to preach to an empty room, finishing out his time. But the Lord was removing comfort. He was removing gray. He was reminding us that we couldn't rely on anyone or anything anymore that was not him. This place is just a place that the children of God gather when they want to gather, when the Lord calls them to gather. Randy is just a vessel. We are just vessels. He said he was removing the gray in the building of the fire and it was hard because we all had gray areas that didn't look like gray areas to us, like trusting in the words of a man, not the fact that those words came from God himself but trusting in the vessel over that which filled it. There are places in our heart that depended on that which was not God. And Jesus, I think about this, when I think about um, that transition with Randy, of Randy just being a man, um, and, and me, me desiring more of him every Sunday, like, oh man, I can't wait to sit with Randy. I can't wait to listen to Randy. I can't wait. And it became Randy. And I, Randy, I'm sorry you're listening to this and I'm not trying to put you on the hot seat. I promise. Um, you're just an easy example and you're not here so I can pick on you. Um, I'm picking on him from the comfort of his home. Uh, but I, in watching the Chosen series, I wonder, it, it was really funny because you could see how often Jesus was proclaiming who he was and who these, 
disciples were to be and they still just weren't getting it. They were like, oh, you're this and we're still this. And he just always looked at them like, when are you gonna realize that if I'm this and I've chosen you, what that makes you? We had to realize that. We had to have the man removed that we could realize that. We had to be taken away from all men that the Lord could isolate and begin to remove that gray to teach us who we truly are. So much gray that needed to go, and it has been difficult, but he will have his church and he will not share us. That I, I know to be true after this year. God is not in the business of sharing his people. And he's allowed it, and he's been gentle with us, trying to nudge us and try to bring us back. He's not doing it anymore. He's either ripping us back or we're getting run over by what he's doing. But he is, he is a jealous God that will not share us. He is done dealing gently with us. And in these closing moments of 2020, the Lord has had such specific words for us. And even in the last few months, such specific words, not sermons, but words. When Melissa spoke, she spoke for 10 minutes And there was not a single word that she needed to say besides what she actually said. There was nothing more that needed to be added. She said what the Lord needed us to hear and we were done. It's the changing of church. There have been churches this Sunday where uh, there have been very, very short words. We needed to hear it. We need to start working on receiving and move on. There have been times where it's like, no, you're going to get multiple words today. There's a lot that we need to focus on. The routine of church has had to change, and this morning is no different. Um, you know, the last few weeks, the Lord has asked us to specifically, the Lord has asked us to specifically speak the word and then worship in reflection, to allow it to sink in, but that it would be intentional time. That's why we've been preaching first and then, and then uh, worshiping. Uh, This morning, we just got a Christmas special, which was fun, Um, but we're still keeping the same format of of speaking a word from God and then receiving it in this intentional moment of worship, and today is no different. It'll be quick, and we'll go straight into worship because what the Lord has to say is simple but profound and powerful. Over the last few weeks, he's reminded us of simple things like Ephesians 4.25. Don't go there. It's going to be on your screen We talked about this um, last week. I had the wrong scripture mark. That works. But we are members one of another. Having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. It is time for us to see each other as members one of another. Those who believe and those who don't. Because those who don't, your neighbors who do not believe, those people that are not gathered in a building this morning, that are not watching a service online, that do not worship the Lord with their life, those people are still meant and have a place in the body of Christ. And they are members of us. And what they hold within them, what the Lord has anointed them to bring on this earth, this piece of his heart that they are meant to carry on this earth, unlocks something in you. 
So for every person that goes without hearing the word of God and encountering the love of God from a member of the body of Christ, from a son or daughter of God, it's just one of those people that you are robbing yourself of an experiencing, of experiencing and encountering who God has fully made you to be. I don't, I don't mean to put a selfish spin on that, but really think about it. You will not understand the fullness of your potential until the fullness of the body of Christ is restored. Until all those walking and breathing here on earth understand who God has called them to be. And in that place will you understand the fullness of who you are called to be. And only in that place. We serve an infinite God. So there's, we are, we are, creation of an infinite creator so his work in you is not just stopped because you now exist his creating in and through you his expanding and who you are created to be doesn't simply stop because you're here on earth and you realize your purpose your purpose continues to grow and get bigger and bigger and bigger because God is an infinite God and you are created by an infinite God so who God has made you to be cannot be summarized by a simple word or a mission statement, or anything like that. Your purpose is infinite. Ever increasing. As we see in Jesus, ministry for three years. Purpose ever increasing. And we are co-heirs with that Christ. Sons and daughters to the same king. We are members one of another. And these words, I've told you, I've mentioned this. These words that the Lord has spoken have come with such urgency and such a sobering reality that when he has spoken them, it's not that I'm scared, but I am recognizing the severity of what will happen if we do not receive. It's, it's been like standing on the edge of the cliff. And you know the direction. You got you to gotta go this way. So you don't fall off the cliff. But it's like we're still kind of thinking about it. Like, oh, I could still go. I might still jump. And what happens is absolute destruction. If we do not listen and receive what he has in this time. Because he's done dealing gently with us. We, you can't tell me that we live in normal times anymore. If, if the natural world that we see, if we can turn on the news and not believe what we are seeing each and every day, you got to recognize that what is being done in the spirit is far greater. And what we're being called to participate in is far greater. Big things. This is not, this is not little stuff. This is not temporary stuff that we're encountering. This is building to something. 2020 has not been a year of trial that it would be over on January 1st. 2020 has been building to something. It has been purging things out of the children of God and out of the body of Christ and rewriting things back to their original structure and intent in the heart of the Father. For what purpose? Not for things to go back to normal when January 1st strikes. When that ball drops in New York, everything's not going to magically just poof. Be good again. It's building to something. And we are members one of another. I realized last week I was 
mentioning a teaching about absorption. Now, if you've been watching the Sunday school lessons, you've heard this from Randy, and I've taught it again um, after, after being taught by him. Uh, I, I spoke on this word absorption, and I, I quoted it as if I taught it the week prior. And I did teach it the week prior on Saturday when I recorded it for next week. So I was sitting here quoting you a lesson that you've not heard. And I'm wondering why I'm just getting looks like this. I don't, what's absorption? I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, so I'm, I'm sorry about that. You will understand last week's sermon fuller next week. Okay? But last week he did speak of being a people who do not grow weary. Because in all of this, in all of this year, what has he been doing? What has he been creating again, reestablishing in his people? Mystery. He's been reestablishing the mystery of the children of God. That we are to be a mysterious people in every way, shape, and form. And one of those ways is that we are a people that do not grow weary. How do you not grow weary in the world? You get time alone. You go to sleep. You rest. You hang out. You veg out. You watch a video. Uh, play video games or whatever. You get alone. You stop doing things. How do the people and the children of God not grow weary? They find themselves always pursuing and in the, in the midst of the presence of God. That's not, a, that's not a stopping thing. That's a continuing to move into it thing. It's... it's Finding the people of God continually co-laboring with him. One of the greatest things that I, I got the privilege of watching for six years uh, as I was the youth pastor watching Randy counsel is I'd see people come in and out, in and out, in and out, all day long, all week long for hours and hours and hours and hours. And when they sat down, I could see him. I couldn't see them, but I could see him sit down. They got the same person Every single time. The same person every time. There would be times where he didn't have time to eat. He would counsel from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Straight. And they got the same person. That's a reflection of what is filling. That is a reflection of what is being pursued and what he was living in the midst of. And that was the presence of God, never growing weary. And it was mysterious. For someone that understands and also seeks to pursue that same presence, it was mysterious to watch, mysterious to behold. We find rest alongside the Father, co-laboring with him. And leaning into this week, you know, I, I didn't know when I recorded next week's sermon on December 5th, I did not know what this week's sermon would be. I just knew where we were going. I didn't know how we were going to get there. But the Lord has brought these words, these stepping stones, right? He's called us higher. We are elevating each and every Sunday, each and every time we gather, each and every day, we are meant to elevate, increasing from glory to glory, the next degree to the next degree. And he's given us these building blocks, these stepping stones each week, and this week is another stepping stone. And they are stepping stones into what we need to know for 2021, because 2020 has been building to something. And I heard him ask this. 
pleading with me as I sat in my office Friday morning just reflecting on everything he's been teaching, teaching this house and, and speaking over us. And this, was, this word came differently. It had the same reality of if we don't get this, we're going to miss it and missing it's going to have, it's going to hurt. But also at the same time, it had this, not, I, I don't want to say desperation, but this heart cry plead as the Lord asked. He was, it, was, it was just coming from the depths of his heart to his children. I felt like I was being spoken to by my father. Truly, truly by a father pleading with us, asking, will you be a people who desire my heart? And think about that as a parent. Don't you want your kids to want a relationship with you? Oh man, like can you, you just think about that. The desperation in your heart for that. And for them to believe about themselves what you always have. There's a desperation in your heart for that. And that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying it, it, is, it is found in the pursuit of my heart. Will you find what I have for you? All the goodness that I've, I've got in store for you and created for you. I'm going to read a bunch of scriptures in John. They're going to be up on the screen. I'm not going slow. So if you can keep up in your Bible, good on you. Good, good job. You've got Bible trivia skills. But we're going to go fast. John 4, 27 through 38. I've got to find it first. There it is. Just then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water, her water jar and went away into the town, said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out to the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not say there are yet four months. Do you not say there are yet four months? Then comes the harvest. Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So that sower and reaper may rejoice together for there. For here the saying holds true. One sows, the other reaps. I have sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, labored and you have entered into their labor. John 5, 19 through 20. Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. John five thirty through 47. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things to you may be saved. 
I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from, another, from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote for me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? In John 15, 10 through 17. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you that, you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends for all that I have, he- all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. All speaking, all of these scriptures, the reason I wanted us to to read all this, uh, all of Jesus' teachings right here is that all of these are coming from a place of desiring and pursuing the Father's heart. It's very simple. It's very reflective. In every one of these passages, you see the desire of Jesus is to pursue his father. That's the desire of his heart is to pursue the father and to do the will of the father. So in 2021, and not even in 2021, in these last days of 2020 leading leading into 2021, will we be a people pursuing and in love with the Father's heart. What will be your answer? You have, you have gathered together and this is a message for the individual that will greatly impact the entirety of the body. Just as we spoke earlier about being members one of another. My receiving what the Lord has for me or my not receiving what the Lord has for me completely and totally impacts you. It completely and totally, if we are members one of another, then what I do affects you. What I submit to affects you. Because if I'm walking in the fullness of purpose for my life, 
and then it unlocks something in you, what happens when I'm not walking in the fullness of purpose in my life? Things remain locked. There are lives. The Lord spoke this to me when I was in college. And I've taught it, or I've spoken it, you've heard me speak it. There are lives attached to our obedience. So there are lives attached to our disobedience. And so, our, this is a question for the individual. Will you pursue my heart from the Father? Will you pursue my heart? But it is also a question for the corporate body, recognizing that if the individual says no, the corporate body will reflect it. But if we, the church, because you, the individual, you are not the church. We are the church. Members one of another. You cannot be a member in and of yourself. Because if you are this pointer finger and I cut you off from the body, you are ineffective and useless. I'm trying to hurt your feelings. But we were made for fellowship. We were not made to be individuals on our own. We were made to be connected to one another. So though this is a question for the individual, those, these, have been, these weeks have been teachings for the individual because, of course, anything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. This one came with a different recognition of how significant it is when you say yes as an individual to pursuing the Father's heart completely and totally and how that will impact the body. This will impact the entirety of the body. In James chapter 2, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But if someone will say, you have faith and I have works, show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac to the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers, sent them out by, the, by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Why do I read that? Because I don't need you to tell me or tell the world your answer to that question. We don't, I don't need to sit here before you and say yes. I will pursue the Father's heart. Because words apart from action is useless. 
So what we need to do today, because the church has gotten too comfortable in saying yes to the things of God, and that being it. Simply saying yes. We cannot simply say yes to what he has been speaking to this house. And if anything's going to change, let it start here. With us. Why not? Because imagine that glorious day when we find ourselves before the Father. And he is talking to these people of why did you not choose me? Why did you not choose me? Well done, my good and faithful servants. That gathered in sundown Texas in 2020. Who chose me. Imagine that day. Imagine that day. Before the Father. I want to stand before the Father knowing that I did choose him. I don't want to be one of those that has to offer him only wood, hay, and stubble. To be burned in the fire. I want to offer him precious gems and jewels. So we can't simply say yes, that we will pursue the Father's heart. Yes, that we will be members one of another. Yes, we will speak love to our neighbors. Yes, we will be a vessel for kindness to our community. Yes, we will run out to meet the prodigal sons and daughters to return home. That cannot be where we stop because that means nothing if it is not attached to action. So much of this year and in the transition Even with Randy, he spoke on this in his last Sundays as pastor here. Of the call to action that this year is. Of the no longer being able to just simply say yes and watch God work. But you're either going to be a part of it or you're not. It is that time. So I'm asking and I'm saying this again because please do not tell the world in the closing of 2020 that you will pursue the Father's heart. Show the world that you will pursue the Father's heart. Show the world. Don't say yes that we will be a mysterious people. Show the world a mysterious people. Don't say yes, I will be a vessel for kindness. Show them kindness. Don't say yes, I will find, I will run out to meet those prodigal sons and daughters. Let them see you running to them. And then let them know, oh, this person is coming after me. Let them see that. It's time to show them. And let it start right now. It is time for us to put on display that which we have said yes to. It is time for us to see It is time for the world to see that which we have submitted our lives to. What will it be? Will it be that of God or that of the world? Light or dark? There's no more gray. It's time to pick. And 2021 is not just going to magically make everything that's happened go away. We can't undo the things that have happened. There are people in this room that can tell you we can't undo the things that have happened this year. There are people that we have lost. There are are businesses that we've lost. There are friendships that we have lost because of the things that have happened and transpired in this year. And we can't get those things back. We can't get them back. We are building to something. And I'm recognizing now more than ever how important it is for us to be good stewards of every moment that we've been given. Because 
I do not know when it will be my neighbor's last. We put that on ourselves. I don't know when my last moment is. It's kind of like, eh, that'll be all right. I don't know when it is. God's got it. What about when their last moment is? The person next to you that does not know the Lord. And you find yourself in there. That's that, coming back to that word sonder. Y'all remember that word? That recognition that every random person that you encounter is living just as complex and diverse and extravagant a life as you are. That every detail of your life, they have a life with just as much detail. We cannot waste time anymore because there are lives that do not get these opportunities back. And we don't know when the people next to us, when their last moment is. So it's no longer time to say yes to the things of God, but to be about the things of God and put on display those decisions. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.